Welcome to the Benton Heights Presbyterian Church Podcast. We're excited you've joined us as we hear what God has to say to us through Scripture and this message from Pastor Paul. Over 200 years ago, a group of patriots, a group of freedom fighters, found themselves in a tight spot. They made a decision. They signed a Declaration of Independence that has been impacting our lives to today. Over 3,200 years ago, another patriot, another freedom fighter, found himself in a tight spot. He, too, made a declaration of independence, but it wasn't in written form. It was in front of the Egyptian pharaoh with the words, let my people go. His name was Moses. This Sunday and next, we're going to look at some of the things we can learn from the lives of two Old Testament characters about how to make it through tough times. Today, it's the story of Moses. But before we get to him, let me ask, what do you do? What do you do when you are in a tough spot? How do you make it through the difficulties in life? It may be a personal difficulty, a relational difficulty, a financial difficulty. What is it that causes you to wonder, am I going to make it through? Am I going to make it through this time? Trying to keep a bank account open when it's hanging by a thread, that's a tough spot in life. A real tight spot is what some of you are facing right now as parents thinking, I'm surrounded by my kids with no end in sight. That's a tough spot. Real life, real people, real problems. But you know what? All around you are people just like you, facing the same kind of problems that you're facing. I bet if we were to conduct a, an online survey this morning, chances are it wouldn't take long to find two or three people who are facing the same things that you're facing. There might be a group of people who are wrestling with the thought of losing their job, a job that they need to take care of their family. Probably wouldn't take long to find a couple who had to sit down this last week, as maybe you as a couple have had to sit down and wonder, are we going to be able to keep the house? It probably wouldn't be long to find a group who recently said, what are we going to do with our son? What are we going to do with our daughter? We don't know what to do. Another group of you, who are wrestling with the question of aging parents. Another group who are wrestling with the question, do I just follow the crowd or do I take a stand on what I know is right and be ostracized? When you're in a tough, tight spot, don't you feel stuck sometimes? Don't you wonder how you're going to get through you don't know where to turn or even how to turn. When life gets tough like that, we have some choices. You and I face a tough spot in life, and I can, A, choose to escape. That's a very popular choice. When things get tough, I can get out. Hey, I'm out of there. But escape never works. We can't take our marriage back to the way it used to be. Our kids can't become little again. So what's another choice? Well, 
we could try denial. Uh, there's no problem here. I'm, I'm not in the midst of a problem. It's, it's not that big of a problem. The problem with denial is that you're sure to get stuck right where you are. Or we can choose. Not escape, not denial, but to endure. Not away from it, not stuck in it, but to see the way through. And the biggest resource we have for taking us through any issue, problem, conflict, tight spot is relying on the God who wants to take you through, not around it, not instead of it, but through it, because that's where the growth is. So these next two weeks, we're going to look together at some of the specific qualities to help us get through the tough times of life. And I can't think of anyone better to learn from first than the man known as Moses. His story takes place in the second book of the Bible. The book is Exodus. Exodus actually comes from a Greek word. It means the way out, God's way out, God's way through. So what does it take to make it through? Number one, know that God has a plan. However tough it gets, however squeezed in you feel, God has a plan. We all know what Moses faced at the Red Sea, but do you know what got him in that position? What got him in that problem in the first place? We all know about Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt onto the shores of the Red Sea, this uncrossable Red Sea, and the Egyptian army coming after them. But do you know what got them into this situation to begin with? Let me share with you from Exodus, the 14th chapter. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pi Haharoth, between Migdal and the sea. They are to encamp by the sea directly opposite Baal Zephon. Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert. In other words, Pharaoh will think those Israelites are so confused, they're caught between us and the sea. And what got them into that circumstance to begin with? Look again at the first three words of verse 2. It says, tell the Israelites. Okay, well, who's saying that? God is. God is the one who has brought them to that place. God put them there. Why? Because he has a plan. He knew the Egyptian army could not help but give chase. So God put the Israelites in a place where he could glorify himself and at the same time deal with the Egyptian army. God had a plan. You and I don't often understand God's plan because we don't see all of God's plan. So what do we choose instead? Some choose to ignore God, pretending He isn't there, maybe even running in the opposite direction from God. 
You and I can do everything possible to mess up our lives. And we may think, well, there's no way that God can ever do anything with this. And you'd be wrong. God still has a plan. And the news we need to hear today is that God's plan for us works even in the difficulties of life. This verse we used last week, Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. Those who love Him, those who have given Him their lives, those who trust in Him through His Son, Jesus Christ, the promise for all who believe is that God uses everything to work out the, good, the goodness and the greatness of His plan. That doesn't mean that everything is good. It doesn't mean that what people do to you is good. It doesn't mean that what I do to myself is good because I make sinful choices. But God in His goodness can even use those things to work out His plan. It doesn't make those things good. It makes God good that He's able to do that. The second thing to get us through tough times is that you must face your greatest fear. That's the one thing I don't want. That's not the way I want to get through tough times. I want the easiest way to get through it. I want God to just work it out. Maybe give me a map through it. You know, here's, here's your next step. Turn here. Do this. So God gives us this map, and this map seems to take us through the one place I didn't want to go. For instance, we go to God and we say, God, I want a better marriage. I really want a better relationship in my marriage. And he gives us the map. And our journey goes right through the wilderness that says, admit where you were wrong. I didn't want to go there. That's the one place I didn't want to go. Or you say, I want to deal with this habit that's draining the life out of me. How am I going to deal with this? How am I going to break this habit in my life? You get the map and you look at it, and it goes right through. Tell someone else where, what you're facing. I didn't want to go there. I wanted to be able to do this on my own. When Moses got God's map, when he got God's plan, it took him to the one place he didn't want to go. You see, Moses was afraid of a man named Pharaoh. Let me remind you of the earlier story of Moses. Forty years prior to the encounter we just read, Moses had killed an Egyptian and became afraid that the Pharaoh was going to have him killed. So Moses ran as far as he could into the desert and stayed there 40 years. Forty years of being afraid of what the Pharaoh might do. Now, this Pharaoh had died, but Moses didn't know if he would fare any better under a new Pharaoh. And God appears to Moses in a burning bush. And he says, Moses, I want you to return to Egypt. And I want you to set my people free. And guess who the first person Moses must face upon his return? You guessed it, Pharaoh. He faces him. The plagues come. Finally, after the 10th 
plague, the people are released to go toward the promised land. But guess who's chasing them? Pharaoh and his entire army. Can you imagine what Moses must have felt? God, I I told you this was going to be a problem. I told you this was not the way that was going to work. In fact, let's hear it for ourselves. Returning to Exodus 14, beginning at verse 5. When the king of Egypt, that's the Pharaoh, was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, what have we done? We have let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots along with all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea near Pi-Haharoth, opposite Baal-Zephon. Moses had to go back to Egypt. And he talked to Pharaoh over and over and over again. And Moses was now standing by the Red Sea, apparently about to face Pharaoh for yet another go at it. Do you realize the courage that Moses had at this point? The one thing that he didn't want to do. It took courage to face the tough times. It takes courage to face the difficult steps. It's not easy. Moses stood before Pharaoh and had courage to face the one thing he didn't want to face. Where do you find that kind of courage? Where where do you get that kind of courage in life? Well, the New Testament book of Hebrews tells where it came from in Moses' life. In the 11th chapter of the New Testament book of Hebrews is this kind of the, the hall of fame of our ancestors in faith. And in verse 27, it says this, by faith, he, that is Moses, left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he knew him who is invisible. Where do you find the courage to face your greatest fear? In someone who is greater. There's only one place to find it. Where did Moses find the courage to face Pharaoh? By redirecting his focus off of Pharaoh onto the someone who's greater. The only one who's greater, the Lord God. So where did Moses find his courage? He redirected his focus from what Pharaoh might do to him to what the Lord God was going to do with him. Where are you going to find the courage? By getting your eyes off the problem, which is great, maybe even very great for some of you. And fix your eyes on the only one who is greater. Look, God's love for you, God's grace for you, His strength for you, His peace for you is greater than any problem you're facing. We need that assurance when we're in a tight tight spot, when life starts to close in on us. 
Where do you find the courage to break free? It's in someone who is greater. The same place where the early followers of Jesus found it. There is a verse about this very thing from Acts chapter 4, verse 13. It says, when they, that is the religious leaders of the day, saw the courage of Peter and John, how they were preaching, how they were going about fearless, using the name of Jesus Christ. It said, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. The courage of the disciples came from spending time with Jesus, focusing on that one who is greater. Where is the courage going to come from for our lives? The same place, by spending time with Jesus. We can't walk this world with Him as they did, but we can through prayer and studying God's Word, find ourselves touching base with the one who is the foundation of our lives. Look, He's not going to abandon you. That is a promise in Scripture. In fact, He died on the cross to save you. He loves you that much. Once you've reminded yourself that, number one, God has a plan, And second, you can find courage from Him to face your greatest fear. Then finally, you must take the next step of faith. There's a very interesting exchange right there on the shores of the Red Sea. Pharaoh's army on one side, Red Sea on the other. The people of Israel begin to be afraid of what they think might happen to them. And they have something to say to Moses. I'm going to pick back up our story in Exodus 14 at verse 10. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified, and they cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? They're a little whiny. Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. They wanted to do what we said is not a good thing to do. They wanted to escape. They wanted to go back to Egypt. They wanted to go back to the way things used to be. I mean, that's where hope was, right? Moses stood in the middle of the crowd, verse 13, and he answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Well, that sounded pretty good from Moses' standpoint. But then the Lord wanted to say something. The Lord said to Moses, verse 15, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. In effect, God tells them, Don't just stand there and watch. 
Tell them to get moving toward the Red Sea. Now, I know some of you love that. You're thinking, great, that means it's up to me. It's under my own strength, right? If it's got to be, it's up to me. That's not what the story is saying. That story is not about us making our way. It's a story about choosing God's way. It's that they had to be completely dependent upon God to do something as they headed toward the Red Sea. You see, this is a story about real faith. It's a story about people who instead of getting stuck on what they couldn't do or depending upon what they think they could only do by themselves, they took the next step in the direction of what only God could do. That's faith. My biggest mistake, maybe yours too, is that when you face a tight spot or a tough time, is to first ask the question, well, what can I do now? The first question, the better first question is, what can God do? What can God do? Is there a place in your life where you need to ask that? Here's the lesson that Moses and the people learned that day. Do the one thing. I can't do more than that. Do the one thing that God is asking you to do next When they did that one thing, Moses and the people, well, you know the story, right? (laughs) The picture is so ingrained in our minds. They headed toward the Red Sea, and the sea divided. Verse 21, then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind. And turned it into dry land, the waters were divided. They took the next step, and God took it from there. There's one thing I want you to remember from this story this morning it's this the Red Sea did not part until they started moving toward it, it did not separate until Moses and the people believed that God could do it. What is that one area of your life where you know God wants you to work? Then you take the next step toward what it is that God wants you to do. Not what you want to do, but what God wants you to do. The Red Sea didn't part until they started moving toward it. We want the money in the bank. We want the guarantee. But faith is all about taking the next step before the sea parts. Before I know my marriage is going to get better. Before I know that relationship is going to get restored. Before I know that bad habit is going to be broken. Remember, God has a plan. And as the Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians 3... He is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within us. Let's pray.
Father, you see our hearts. You know what we need. Lord, will you come speak to those hearts? Help us to know that you have a plan. Help us to know that we can face whatever it is we need to face because there is someone greater. That's you always at work within us. And that helps us take that next step. Lord, let us be bold. Show yourself real. Be at work in our lives. And then not just for us. Help us to reach out to others. There are needs all around us. And Lord, even if we don't feel safe in getting out under these certain conditions, these current circumstances, we can still pick up a phone. We can still text or email, just touch base, engage with one another, letting them, letting them know we're not alone. There are others in their corner, but above all, we're not alone because you will never leave us. You'll never forsake us, never abandon us, never turn your back on us. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you found this message to be encouraging. We'd love for you to join us on Sunday mornings. Find us on Facebook and Instagram and at bhprez.org for more information.